the hold of Mesco. Good snap, good hold. And the kick is blocked. Appalachian State has stunned the college football world. One of the greatest upsets in sports history. The pitch. Swing a long one. We are going to game number seven. A game-winning home run. Pino steps into it. Pass is Welcome to The Score. Here's your host, Brett Wiseman. Brett Wiseman, Will Higdon, with you on this Friday afternoon. Week one of the NFL kicked off last night with the Bills and the Rams, but to us, there's something more important that we need to recap. And Admittedly, the only reason we're doing one show this week is because I didn't have any vocal cords left after Saturday. Um... It took me about 72 hours to regain them, truth be told, in, in, in all brutal honesty, and my emotions as a result. Um, I will save everyone from the personal pity party. I'm not asking for that. Although I did see Carolina players hold on pretty much every down. But again, I'm not, not complaining. They were ACC officials. I'll, I'll shut up now. I promise. I'm done. Um... It's a, and I said this on social, it's an absolute shame that either of those teams had to lose that game. Um, when you look back at the stats from this one, by the way, on the same day at the same time that there was a 7-3 to final where not, a, not an offensive touchdown was scored, two safeties and a field goal, or the result in the South Dakota State-Iowa game, you had a fourth quarter start at 41-21 and end at 63-61. So you had a team outscore another 40-20 to in one quarter. I mean, just... it You can't... You couldn't have dreamt a game like that in any way, shape, or form. Period. And, and end of discussion. That's like some video game numbers. <laughs> it li- it's literally like somebody broke open NCAA 13 on the Xbox 360. I mean, it's just, it is next level what happened in this game. And when you really dive into it, Will, it, it, it gets even crazier. So UNC and App State, again, 63-61 was the final. When they played each other in basketball last year, they didn't even have this many combined points. 120 was the combined point total last year when they played at the Dean Dome. App State was the first team in at least 15 years with 40 or more points in the fourth quarter. The first time in all of college football in three years that both teams scored more than 60 points. UCLA and Washington State in the Conference of Champions were the last two teams to do that. 62 total points in the fourth quarter is one point shy of the FBS record for points in a total quarter combined for both teams. Also, there was a single-game attendance record broken. 40,168 was the uh, total. So 
and I heard this point made by somebody as well, especially with, with App State signing the, the home and home with NC State. Um, you had the lower bowl of Bank of America Stadium sold out for the Aggie Eagle Classic. Uh, so you had about 35000 there. Um, now, I don't know if they opened the upper bowl or not, but I know the lower bowl was sold out. Um, you had ECU break an, an, a long-standing attendance record. Um, and you had Wake, uh, App State break the record from the Wake Forest game. Um, before we dive into actually recapping the, the, the madness that was that game, the, the college football consumer in North Carolina especially, Will, has made it known these kind of in-state non-conference matchups are the ones they want to see. Oh, yeah, definitely. I mean, we had – there were several great games on Saturday. We had yeah, – there was NC State and East Carolina, too, but that was another really close game. Yeah, yeah, they had the missed kick at the end of that. We'll, we'll get into that in the next segment. But uh, this App State game, and I'll, I'll, I'll kind of walk everybody through where, where I was after halftime, which was – or midway through the third quarter, really, which was – uh, uh, it's over. So I, I sat down. And this is the point at App State games in the past where half the student section would have left at halftime with, with a 28-21 deficit at halftime. And then you have um, the multi-touchdown deficit going into the fourth quarter. I was like, three-score game? There's the... No. No way. I sat down. My dad went to the concourse. The moment that I sat down and then did not stand up and my dad went to the concourse, good things started happening, so neither of us moved, naturally. <laughs> you, 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 don't, you don't do that. So I wasn't high-fiving him. I wasn't texting him. I was high-fiving my mom and my sister. I, I didn't move. Everybody was looking around like, why is this guy sitting down? I was like, I'm sitting down because if I stand up, we're going to do something stupid. Bad things are going to happen if I leave this bleacher. Granted, the two times I stood up were on the two two-point conversions that were missed. So, I blame myself personally. It's all my fault. Originally on that first two-point conversion, and I, I battled with this in my head a lot. Um, you can look at the numbers. We can talk about those all day. We don't have all day. Um... The fact is, App State made the right decision going for two. Because the way that game was trending, no, no one defense was going to be able to stop the other's offense. Clearly. I mean, there were 62 combined points in the fourth quarter. The, the motto for that game is defense. What's that? It, it did not exist. In it, 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 was a big, it was a Big 12 game motto. And this wasn't one of those regular shootouts where you can use the term of, all right, it's the team that gets the one defensive stop. No. This was the game where one team had to screw up offensively on one play. Oh, yeah. Because when Carolina got that one stop, they kicked it deep, they gave up a long kickoff return, then gave up another touchdown after they had run the onside kickback for a touchdown for, of their own. So th th there was no, it's one stop. It's going to take a screw-up to mess this up. 
The second two-point conversion with Bryce, that was a stop, but it was also a terrible play call. Neither here nor there. The Originally, in, in, in the stadium, in my seat in Section 109, I blamed Bryce because I saw him kind of turn his shoulder the wrong way. I didn't, From my angle, I didn't think he had his feet set the right way. The more I went back and watched a replay of that, Davis, the running back, should not have been backpedaling. Because he continued to backpedal, he lost sight of the ball, and it went right over his head. If he just stands there, he was so open, Chase Bryce had sucked in that edge linebacker so well. I mean, sucked him in like a vacuum cleaner. He had him hook, line, and sinker that he was going to run it. All he had to do was pop it over the top of him, and he did. All Davis had to do was stand there because there was nobody within 10 yards of him getting into the end zone. Wide open, bro. I mean, he had time to check his credit score before the ball hit him in the helmet. If he just stands there, doesn't even, he doesn't even have to move. That ball would have plopped right between the one and the seven on his chest, and App State would have won the football game. That's what hurts. As, as an App State fan, and that's what I think Carolina people are worried about, is the problems from the Florida A&M game, not only were they not corrected, lighter fluid was thrown on a simmering flame. They were amplified to an exponential degree. Now, Drake may look fantastic. He threw for like 460 yards or something like that. He was, he was, he was 24, 36, 352 yards, four, pit, four touchdowns. And he had about 460 total because it seemed like he had about 150 running the ball. Yeah, 12 carries, 76 yards, and a touchdown on the ground. There you go. So, Drake Bay's legit. That that we learned. We also learned that Gene Shizik might not be long for Chapel Hill, and Dale Jones, the App State defensive coordinator, um, needs to have a serious look in the mirror because this is now two games in a row. He's given up 500 plus passing, nearly 500 plus passing yards. He's given up greater than 350. He gave up a 50-burger in a bowl game to Western Kentucky, and he gives up 63 in this one. Yeah, it's crazy scores. I was reading the – I was re- looking at a recap a couple hours ago of the game, and a lot of people in the comments were like, oh, these, these defensive coordinators need to be fired. <laughs> yeah, Gene Chizik is two weeks into his job back in North Carolina, and people are already coming for his head, and de- deservedly so because – Whatever he has done these first two games, I don't want to do it again because it, 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 ain't, it ain't pretty. Chase Bryce is not a world-beating quarterback. But I saw a lot of Carolina people say, and I had a lot of Carolina people tell me on, on, on the way in or on the way out or during the game that Chase Bryce never got to show who he was except for one game at Clemson before he came to App State. I had Clemson people tell me when he transferred here, you got a good one. I had Duke people tell me, oh no, he's terrible. The Clemson, Clemson would not have won a national championship in 2018 had Chase Bryce not come in and balled out the game that Trevor Lawrence got decapitated against Syracuse. Oh yeah. Period. That's, that's facts. Clemson would have lost that game 
they would have had two losses, one to an unranked team at home, they would not have even made the college football playoff, whether they won the ACC championship that year or not. So they're, uh, Clemson fans owe, uh, and continue to owe a great debt of gratitude to Chase Bryce. But Chase, I, I've been critical of him at times. Nothing, nothing was his fault. To throw for five touchdowns in the in the Six fourth quarter, downs. basically. Six, Six touchdowns. touchdowns. Four of them were in the fourth quarter, it felt like. I believe all four of them were in the fourth quarter. No, three of them were in the fourth quarter, and then Peoples had the uh, had the running touchdown. But <sighs> you almost run out of work. You run out of superlatives. You run out of adjectives to describe how wacky this was. And sitting in the stands, I had already lost my voice pretty much. I could still you know scream and yell a little bit, but. I was to the point where things were happening and I was either like happy shocked or my head was between my knees. But those reactions happened back and forth and back and forth within the course of like the last six minutes of the game. At misses that two-point conversion, I'm, I'm thinking it's over. Carolina runs that onside kickback. Like, all right, now, now it's really over because it's an eight-point game. Lo and behold, and I turned to my dad, and I'm sure there's a lot of Carolina people that thought this in, in, in their sections of fans throughout the stadium. I turned to my dad and I said, why in the hell are they kicking it deep? They kicked it deep. They gave App State a chance to return it past midfield. Chase Bryce threw two 20-yard out routes and then a dime into the end zone. Some of the throws that both quarterbacks made. Not just Chase Bryce. Drake May made some NFL-quality throws. Oh, they were slinging it. On the on the run, off his back foot, sidearm, crossbody. Chase Bryce threw some pop fly rainbow over the shoulder, back shoulder throws. This was a quarterback clinic in Boone on Saturday. And if you were in Greenville and saw, you know, um, the season premiere of college kickers being college kickers. <laughs> Congratulations, but if you weren't one of the 40,000 in that stadium in Boone, which I was right, it was the loudest stadium in the country. And if you weren't one of the ones watching that on ESPNU to where even the ESPNU play-by-play guy was like, what more can this game bring us? As I let off the segment, that game was everything that is great about college football in this state, number one. Number two, it is a shame that either team had to lose that game, but someone had to. Number three, that was just a tremendous college football game. Am am I bitter? Am I devastated? Yeah. Heartbroken still, this many days later. But that was one of the greatest college football games of all time, not even just in this state. That was one of the craziest games in the entire history of college football. Oh, yeah. And it's going to be one of the easily one of the best, if not the best, college games this year, probably. Right out of the gate. Noon kickoff. Week one. Saturday one. We get the game of the year, at least in this area. And it's, it'll be all downhill from here. No game will top it, man. 
I, I can tell you for sure where App State's going this week, they're not going to top it. They had to College Station to face number six, Texas A&M. Uh, who had, they had some issues with Sam Houston State early on. They pulled away, but, you know. Anyways, um, just everything that's great about college football uh, took place uh, in Boone on Saturday. Um, one more painful stat for, for the App Stadians. Uh, the Mountaineers, I should say. Fans, players, whoever. Um, this is now the fifth time, Will, in seven years that App State has lost a game to a Power 5 school by one score or less. That's tough. Tough to see, man. You hate to see it. You got Tennessee, the Penn State game in overtime. You got Wake Forest. You got the Miami game last year. And now you got this. Nothing but pain. <laughs> five losses to Power 5 teams in seven years by no more than seven points. Go figure. When we come back, we'll get through the rest of uh, week one of college football. Week two might even have better matchups in terms of the grand scheme of national college football than week one did. We'll discuss all that next. You are listening to The Score with Brett Wiseman on TobaccoRoadSportsRadio.com. Welcome back to The Score with Brett Wiseman here on TobaccoRoadSportsRadio.com. Back here on The Score with Brett Wiseman on Tobacco Road Sports Radio, TobaccoRoadSportsRadio.com. Brett Wiseman, pleased and delighted to be joined this afternoon by Will Higdon. Will, the that NC State ECU game, we talked a lot about it a little bit uh, last segment, but the difference ended up being NC State blocking that punt and bringing it back for a touchdown. But look, I, I don't know, just as Carolina is being judged by this game, an NC State team coming in there 13th ranked, a lot like Carolina went into Blacksburg as the number 10 team preseason last year and laid an egg. I don't know. That that didn't look like an NC State team to me that was deserving of being in the top 15 in the country, and they dropped out of the top 15 in the AP poll this week. Oh, yeah. They certainly didn't look like that type of team at all. I mean, they have pretty average stats across the board. I'm looking at them right now. Devin Leary, the quarterback, he was 17-33, 211, a touchdown, a pick. The highest receiver was Thayer Thomas with only four catches for 58 yards. And give ECU's defense some credit, a unit that's been gashed in recent years um, to hold who many think is one of the top five quarterbacks in the country and, and, and a first-round draft prospect in Leary. Uh, to, to under 250 yards passing. That's not an easy thing to do. It's not something Carolina could do last year. It's not something Wake Forest could do last year. That's not something a whole lot of anyone could do last year, as good as that kid was. Oh, yeah. ECU is definitely making a step up. It does, of course, the missed kick does um, definitely sets them back a bit, which does suck for them to lose this game, despite the fact that they were able to hold him in check pretty well throughout the game. Yeah, it was that blocked punt that made the difference, and then again, College kickers being college kickers, but apparently the laces were facing the wrong way, uh, is what I was told. So, if that's the case, then you can't really blame the kid for missing it if he kicked it right on the laces, because that's it's next to impossible. But 
then again, neither here nor there. Um, A&T uh, showed out in the Aggie Eagle Classic. Guess what their prize is? Their prize is the trip to Fargo, North Dakota to face the Bison. Congratulations. You get to face the greatest program in the history of FCS football. Love you, Aggies. We'll have the game on our air here at Tobacco Road Sports Radio. But, Lord, that is not going to be pretty. I don't know what the line is, and I don't think I want to know what the line is. I don't even know if Vegas bets on FCS games, for that matter. Anyways, there were some other marquee games, I guess you could say. Uh, South Dakota State and Iowa was not a marquee game. Um, Nebraska... Nebraska had a little bit of trouble with with North Dakota. There were some there were some FCS or group of fives that that scared some power fives as we as we see every year. There were teams that struggled with their cupcakes um, out of the gate and throughout the majority of the game. Again, Alabama was not one of those. Utah State's not a cupcake either. Um, the biggest statement of the day for me wasn't necessarily. A lot of people are are, are pointing to. Um, Ohio State and their performance against Notre Dame as kind of being the statement of the weekend nationally. I'm looking at Arkansas. That's the first time Cincinnati had lost a football game in 19 months. Arkansas making a statement, bro. Cincinnati didn't doesn't have the uh, quarterback anymore they had last year, though. Right, they they don't have the offense. Period. They had uh, last year, and it, it was evident. Um, only scoring 17 points, and Arkansas brought a lot of starters back from an offense that played uh, pretty darn well a year ago, and they if they hadn't have faltered down the stretch, they may have ended up in a New Year's Six Bowl um, had they not had those struggles in, uh, in November. But a, a huge statement made by them, and a, and a statement made by Florida State um, on Sunday night. Um Granted, both teams came into that game unranked, and I was I was higher on LSU than I was Florida State. But you want know you want to talk about crazy endings? Let's talk about that one. So it's a two score game, or it's a one score game. Uh, FSU is driving for no particular reason. They could sit on the football, kick a field goal, and roll over and go home with a win. At that point. All they do was stay in the middle of the field for four downs. Instead, they run a toss trap play. The toss is dropped. LSU picks up the fumble at their own one-yard line and then has 76 seconds to drive 99 yards and score a touchdown and kick an extra point. They got the first two-thirds of that right. Florida State blocked the extra point. Craziness, bro. More, even more craziness. Again, we had two of the games of the year right off the bat. It doesn't get a whole lot better than that. If, comparatively speaking, those two games—the App State Carolina game, well, three really—the App State Carolina game, the Cincy Arkansas game, and the Florida State LSU game. Comparatively speaking, blew the Ohio State Notre Dame game out of the water because it was a rock fight. There's already I'm already seeing people starting to kind of question Brian Kelly and LSU. Hey, I, I got questions too. 
A, who the guy was on the left side of the line there that absolutely forgot how to play football for two seconds and just didn't block, period. Um, Number two, I think more people, especially in ACC country, more people need to be talking about Florida State right now than anybody around the country needs to be talking about how how worried they are about Brian Kelly at LSU. Mike Norvell came into this season at Florida State having to prove something and prove something quick. He, we knew he wasn't going to prove anything against Duquesne. This this was Mike Norvell's coming out party as a as a head coach, as a leader of a program, and as a play caller. He excelled. He got those kids ready to play with their hair on fire. That's the best game I've seen Florida State play in two years. Probably since before COVID. Oh, yeah, they look really good. Definitely give credit to Florida State for making a statement against a team like LSU. And speaking of the ACC, it wasn't necessarily a statement, but Georgia Tech, if anything, proved their defense at least has to be reckoned with to some degree. Holding a, a Clemson offense that was supposed to be high-powered to 14 points for three and a half quarters. But I don't know if that says more about Georgia Tech's defense than it does how inept it seemed at a lot of times uh, DJ Uolangale and Clemson's offense were. Clemson's offense looked lost for the vast majority of that football game. Yeah, they really did. Well, to be fair, Georgia Tech's offense wasn't exactly great either. <laughs> right. That, that, their, their hat is hanging on defense, and apparently so is Clemson's because it took them three and a half quarters to figure out how to score. They had to just wear that Georgia Tech defense down to the point where things opened up. But, yeah, it might work against Georgia Tech week one, but that's that's not going to work going down the stretch here, especially when teams like Wake Forest exist, teams like NC State exist. Teams like Florida State exist. Oh, yeah. It might work early on, but against later on, come October, November, against these tougher teams, it's just not going to get it done. you got, you got to mark your calendars for that beginning of October game between Wake and Clemson and Winston-Salem because uh, that one, college game day might even go to Winston-Salem for that one. That one's going to be a high-profile matchup uh, for sure. Good news for Wake, though. Although their backup quarterback played lights out against VMI. That kid was, uh, he was throwing darts left and right. Grimms gets an FCS opponent. But uh, Sam Hartman's back this week, in case you missed it, at Vanderbilt. Uh, it's a road game uh, for the Demon Deacons. Shouldn't be too terribly hard. Um, it is Vanderbilt, and the two schools seem to play each other every two or three years or so. But um, I, I don't know how Sam's going to be used in this game. It's going to be tough to tell, but it's it's not like it's it's not. We're not playing VMI. We are playing an SEC school. Granted, it's a you know Walmart version of an SEC school, uh, just like Northwestern is the Walmart Big Ten school, and Wake Forest for a lot of people's the Walmart ACC school. But I think the important thing for Sam Hartman is he's got to get a rhythm back and in the same vein find a way to stay out of trouble and stay healthy. Oh, yeah, definitely. His health is probably the main important issue. I mean, he is still getting over that um, 
what was it a blood clot issue or something so it was uh it was a blood clot on basically on his ribs so they went in there they, they thinned it out and he's not gonna play football on blood thinners for god's sake that'd be incredibly stupid um so they took the blood clots out they thinned his blood from what i understand he's gonna wear a flak jacket uh, during this game on Saturday, to uh, a rib protector for, for layman's terms, um, so they're 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 going to be careful with him. They're going to put him in as much bubble wrap as they can while still you know throwing him out there to get in game reps because Clemson's in two weeks. Nobody's looking ahead, but you, you need him to be a hundred percent by the Clemson game. Oh yeah, any time on the field will definitely help with that because Clemson's not they're not going to be a pushover. He's going to need to be 100% for that game. Yeah, Clemson's going to be up for that game because that's, I mean, if you think about it, that's, uh, Wake Forest is Clemson's main competition uh, in the Atlantic Division. Uh, State and Carolina, I think, are going to go at it for the Coastal. So, I said this from the get-go. There's a distinct possibility you could see an all-Tobacco Road ACC championship game. That you could see a Carolina Wake or a State Wake. Um, that's, that possibility is still on the table. Uh, we look ahead to week two here in college football. There's, whew, there's, there's some doozies. Uh, Steve Keys, Texas hosting number one, Alabama. That's going to be fun. That's a, that's a, a big Fox game, uh, right there after their their version of college game day whatever it is big noon kickoff i don't know urban Meyer's on it so i'm going to avoid it like the plague um <laughs> you've, again you got app state and um texas a&m that's a 3:30 kick that's on espn2 uh wake vandy's a noon kick on sec network um so if you need lines for either uh, any of those three games alabama's a three touchdown favorite at texas uh, Texas A&M is a 19-point favorite at home against Appalachian State, and Wake Forest is a 12.5-point favorite on the road against Vanderbilt. Miami hosting new Sunbelt member Southern Mississippi. Miami went from unranked to 15th. Florida may have made the biggest statement of the weekend, not named Arkansas. They beat 7th-ranked Utah at home in Billy Napier's first game, and they go from unranked to 12th. And in what might be the game of the weekend, they host 20th-ranked Kentucky in prime time from the Swamp on ESPN. Good to be Kenny had the backyard brawl last, last week as well. Uh, early conference games all, all over the place here. Um, you've got South Carolina and 16th-ranked Arkansas. That's a noon kick on ESPN. Uh, another really good one, non-conference matchup. 24th-ranked Tennessee, 17th-ranked Pitt. Pitt coming off the win in the backyard brawl against West Virginia. That's a 3.30 kick on ABC. Uh, and then nightcap, uh, it's not Pac-12 after dark. It's Big 12 after dark uh, because BYU is a future member of the Big 12. Uh, 21st-ranked Cougs, they're hosting 9th-ranked Baylor that's at ten fifteen. So you know, there's 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 some pretty decent decent matchups going on here. Outside of of course Duke Northwestern and uh, North Carolina with a second straight road game against a Sun Belt opponent, they go to Atlanta and play Georgia State. Lots of great matchups all across the board. I think the ones I'm going to be most interested in are Alabama and Texas, 
and uh, also App State, Texas A&M. Also, I want to give a brief mention to um, South Carolina and Arkansas. That's all, I think that's one, another game I'll probably keep my eye on. Yeah, South, South Carolina, uh, Spencer Rattler looked pretty darn good in his debut last week. Granted, it was against Georgia State, but um, pretty darn performance from him and everybody on that on that South Carolina offense all the way across the board. All right, getting one final break here. When we come back, week one of the NFL. It's coming. We'll prime things after this. You are listening to The Score with Brett Wiseman on TobaccoRoadSportsRadio.com. Welcome back to The Score with Brett Wiseman here on TobaccoRoadSportsRadio.com. We're back here on The Score with Brett Wiseman on Tobacco Road Sports Radio, TobaccoRoadSportsRadio.com. Brett Wiseman, pleased, delighted, ecstatic, astounded to be joined by the infamous, one and only world-famous Will Higdon. Um, and we would be remiss if we did not extend our condolences to our friends in the United Kingdom on the passing of Queen Elizabeth at the age of 96 um, just tremendous, tremendous world leader. Um, it's all you can really say. Longest yeah, reigning monarch in, um, in the history of that monarchy. So, uh, Prince William has been recalled from AAA. Oh, sorry. Too soon. <laughs> that might've been bad. Sorry about that. We can edit yeah. it out. <laughs> we, we, we can edit that out. Um, Anyways, week one of the NFL. Boom! It's Football! Here. And we, uh, you know how VeggieTales used to intro, have we got a show for you? It's what the NFL is in. There, there's some pretty darn good week one matchups on, on, on the docket here in the National Football League. Outside of the game we had the other night, Bills-Rams, fantastic way to open the season at SoFi Stadium. Uh, Packers-Vikings. That's a 4:30 kick. Um, we'll see if the Vikings have actually done anything to improve, or if they're going to be the same nine and eight Vikings that Christian always gets. Um, we'll see if my team has, can do anything with Alan Lazard and Randall Cobb and Sammy Watkins as the top three receivers. Which, when I say it out loud, still doesn't sound great. You've got Saints Falcons in an NFC South matchup. You got Niners Bears at one o'clock. Steelers Bengals. The defending AFC champions against, for some reason, Mitchell Trubisky. Um, that decision by the Steelers to start him will come back to haunt them. Uh, and Kenny Pickett's small fists are going to be flying. His small fists are already curled up in anger. He, that he's he has curled. already balled them up in Arthur meme style. <laughs> but he, I always think of Kenny Pickett, and anytime I see his hands mentioned in a meme, as that scene from Deadpool when his hands get cut off and he's growing them back and they're the size of an infant. <laughs> that's that, That's Kenny Pickett. Like, when Ryan Reynolds is waddling around on the baby legs in the apartment, that's Kenny Pickett. He's a child. 
<laughs> but a child that is not Mitch Trubisky. Again, one of the greatest lines in the history of this show. In the AFC North, you've got three of the best quarterbacks in football right now. And Mitch Trubisky. Well, to be fair, I don't think Trubisky is that bad. I mean, I, but he's also not that good. True, true. He's more. He's like below average. He's one of those below average type of quarterbacks. Um, then this is his chance, his change of scenery after sitting behind Josh Allen for a year to see. Let's see if he learned anything. This is like the the, the big end of grade test at the end of fifth grade. You know, you got to pass this to move on to sixth grade, Mitch. <laughs> Eagles, Lions. Got got the hard knock squad uh, on. Also, first time since 2017 uh, that Ford Field will be sold out for a Lions home game. So uh, there's some definite palpable excitement between Dan behind Dan Campbell and that group in the Motor City. Pats Dolphins that should be fun. Of course, Dolphins uh, with um, the new weapons they ordered. Um, Tyree Kill among them. Uh, Ravens Jets the Joe Flacco revenge tour. Uh, Baltimore opens as a seven-point favorite, but there's no Zach Wilson, so Joe Flacco has a chance to uh, absolutely annihilate his former team. And of course, we'd be remiss. And right now, Vegas has it as a pick'em for some reason. Um, it's even. Browns Panthers. I passed a billboard on my way into work today uh, that said "Show Out," and then had a picture of Baker Mayfield in front of that text that the Panthers put up here here in Winston Salem. Um, by the way, I was looking at the, uh, the TV map just to ensure that Fox didn't do anything stupid and make um, the Winston-Salem market get uh, Atlanta and Tennessee, um, in, or not Atlanta and Tennessee, sorry, New York, the Giants in Tennessee uh, in the late game window. Lo and behold, we did not, thank God, so I can watch Packers without having to illegally stream it. But... I saw an interesting section of a different color in the middle of the country on, on, on the CBS map. This is from a fantastic website. It's called 506sports.com. Um, you can also use it during baseball season to figure out what game you'll get on Fox every Saturday night, which is also not done correctly half the time. Um, and the Nationals TV market, uh, and not getting the Nationals as we are here, is stupid. But again, neither here nor there. Um there was a little pocket of yellow in the in the Oklahoma City Norman markets, right in the middle of the country, between all these other colors in the CBS map. Browns Panthers, the only place outside of the Cleveland or Carolina markets it's being shown is Oklahoma. So their boy can be shown on their TVs, quote unquote, effing up his former team. Oh yeah, I cannot wait for this game. I'll, I really want to get one of them those Baker shirts that he, that he put out where he says like off the leash and all that stuff on it. I I want to I'm going to f him up shirts what I want but apparently he never said that so. Oh yeah, that complete controversy of a story. Controversy. <laughs> I just want to know what went through that Bills reporter's mind when she hit send on that tweet. Oh right, nothing. She didn't think before she hit send. She tried Anyways, to walk it back after after the she fact. did. No, there, there's no walking it back at that point. No, it, no. He, you got to hand somebody the shovel at that point. Like you, you, you're done. Hand <laughs> over the shovel. You're done. Just you're digging your own grave. Just hand me the shovel. 
I'll pat it down. You're fine. Um, but when you look at this Panthers team, Will, in this game, this is, not only is it Baker Mayfield's coming out party slash revenge tour game, this is a chance for this revamped offensive line to show that it is what we all think it can be. And it's a chance for guys like Will Fuller to prove they can complement Robbie Anderson. Oh, yeah, definitely. Now, I will say this, Iquano will probably be the starting left tackle in this game. Now, I am fully expecting it to be a bit of a welcome to the NFL type of game for Iquano. He will be going Because you know he's going to face, right? Oh, yeah, Miles Garrett. There you go. One of the best in the business. I'm fully expecting him to maybe give up a sack or two on this game. Don't be surprised, all my Panthers fans, don't be surprised if that happens. Well, Baker Mayfield's used to running for his life, so if he has to, he can do it. Um, He's also a lot more mobile than Sam Darnold. He's not a move of chicane. Um, And can he actually throw the ball accurately, not standing flat-footed? So there's that, too. And he can throw the ball more than 20 yards. And he's actually had a winning season, been to the playoffs, won a playoff game. Won a playoff game. There you go. (laughs) Perfect scenario. Yeah, I'm really looking forward to this offensive line. It should be much better. We got Corbett on the right guard, and we're going to have Christensen at left guard. The only thing that concerns me is I think they will be starting Pat Elfline at center because I think Bozeman's still getting over that injury. But with us, he should be ready for week two, I, I think. And that's that. That's a bit of a concern, but in the same vein, you've got better guys on that line than you've had for the past two, three for years. the past two or three years. Yeah. So you, you, you're sitting pretty right now with, with who you got. Um, other late games to keep an eye on, Chiefs-Cardinals, that'll be good. We'll see if Arizona does their classic world-beating first half and then second half of the season collapse. Remember, they don't have DeAndre Hopkins. He's suspended for six games. Um, and remember, the Chiefs don't have Tyreek Hill anymore. Uh, so if you picked Clyde Edwards-Hilaire in your fantasy league like I did in three of my six, good job because he's going to be catching a lot of passes and running a lot. We got Raiders, Raiders, Chargers, the, the rematch of the go, – go ahead, Will. I was just about to mention this game, Raiders and Chargers. This, this is going to be another really good game from this week, I think. Everybody's looking at, uh, at Monday night in Seattle and uh, Russell going back, to, uh, going back to his old stomping grounds and seeing the 12s again. Uh, uh, with his blowout. <laughs> riding with his Broncos country, but no, he's going to absolutely obliterate every Seahawk in his path. It's not going to be pretty. I mean, they they might have to call the Red Cross in at the end of that to pick lime green jerseys up off the field because it's going to be a bloodbath. Um, everybody's talking about Bucks, Cowboys, Brady, and Dallas. Can Dallas do Dallas things? Good Dallas things, or is Dallas going to do regular old Dallas things? Raiders Chargers for me is the most underrated game of the weekend. Oh yeah, that I, was that was the game of the year last year, regular season. That second game where uh, it got flexed to the Sunday nighter. Uh, winner went to the playoffs. Loser was out. But remember, if they tied, they both went. And remember, Rich Basaccia, who was the interim head coach for the Raiders, explicitly said, "I thought about trying to tie on purpose." <laughs> I'm still disappointed that game and didn't end in a tie. That would have been the only time in the history of football I was okay with a game ending in a tie. The only time. 
We were robbed of greatness. <laughs> we were. We were deprived. Anyways, that's going to do it for us this week on The Score here at Tobacco Road Sports Radio, TobaccoRoadSportsRadio.com. Brett Wiseman, Will Higdon, our producer Desmond Johnson, who is doing God knows what, running God knows where right now, uh, doing his high school football stuff. Thanks to him for, for everything, and thanks to, to all of you fantastically wonderful people and Will for coming on today. Appreciate it, buddy. Always a pleasure. We will see you all next week, and I'll have my vocal cords for two episodes. <laughs>